Ann Sullivan was known as the miracle worker. She became Helen Keller's tutor on March 3, 1887, which happened to be a Thursday for those of you who use John Conway's doomsday algorithm. Interesting, but totally off the subject. It was challenging, though, for Anne to help Helen understand words because Helen was not only deaf, she was also blind. But Helen Keller was not alone. Anne Sullivan was there, and Anne also knew what it was like to struggle with her vision. She had undergone many botched operations at a young age before finally her sight was partially restored. Anne Sullivan was 14 years older than Helen Keller, and she watched as Helen wreaked havoc on her household, undisciplined outbursts, temper tantrums, but Anne felt her ability to reach Helen was solely dependent on discipline and love. Anne got permission to move Helen to a nearby cottage so she could work with her just one-on-one, and she began teaching Helen by manually signing into her hand. Helen learned fast. She formed the letters correctly and quickly and in the correct order, but she couldn't really comprehend the words she was spelling. So one day Anne was trying to teach Helen the difference between the word mug and milk, and Helen confused them with the verb drink. So Anne took Helen outside to the water pump and let the water pour over her hand, and with the other hand, Anne spelled W-A-T-E-R. And suddenly, the signals made sense. Helen knew that water meant that wonderful, cool drink that was flowing over her hand. She dropped to the ground, and she patted the earth, and she demanded, I want to know its name. And by that night, Helen had learned 30 words. That's why Ann Sullivan was called the miracle worker. She had some great success teaching Helen Keller. The key was Ann found a way to connect with her, to connect what she was teaching to Helen with something Helen could relate to. Cool water on her skin made an impression that when Anne spelled it in her hand, the light bulb turned on. That's W-A-T-E-R. That's water. Many people ask why Jesus would teach in parables. Why not just why not just teach everybody what you're trying to say? Just say it. He was the greatest teacher who ever lived, and yet Jesus knew the best way to get his message across, his eternal message, was to connect what he was teaching to something that people could relate to. He used common acts and examples like seeds and sheep and fish. He used those to be the keys to help people understand what they did not already understand, like the kingdom of heaven, eternity, salvation. It was also a key to protect the truth from being abused by people who were not listening with open hearts, which is why Jesus taught so often in parables, stories that had a meaning. And we're going to hear more about that first parable he taught right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hey, good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. You're listening to LJ Harry. You're listening to the God's Word for Life companion podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We begin a brand new series today. This is the series called The Parables of Jesus. So no surprise, this very first one is the first parable Jesus taught, the parable of the sower. And it comes from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. And Jesus taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, There went out a sower to sow. 
Now, when he was referring to a sower, he was not referring to a seamstress. He was not referring to a tailor. This is a seed sower, a farmer. Jesus knew those who came to listen to him teach would understand what was happening around them by just simply daily activities. They knew about sowers and farmers and fields and food and grain. They knew about those things. In fact, their livelihood depended on them bringing in a harvest of food and grain just to survive. So Jesus began teaching people about a sower who sowed seeds. The sower wasn't expected to do anything other than generously throw seeds on the ground that had been prepared to plant. The sower was not responsible to send the rain, wasn't responsible to cause the sun to shine or to provide the nutrients required for growth. All the sower had to do, sow the seed and sit back and watch the miracle of growth in life. And Jesus compared the sower to those who share the gospel. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. When we share the word of God with other people, we are sowing generously the word of God, the seed of truth, into the hearts of others. And by the grace of God, we are going to reap an abundant harvest. It is our responsibility to share the gospel with every living soul. Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, but he never called them to be responsible for the response of the creature. Just simply preach and let God do his work. We're compelled to sow the seed. If that commission seemed urgent when Jesus commanded it, it's even more urgent now that we are 2,000 years closer to the coming of the Lord. Romans 10 verse 14 asks the question, how shall they hear without a preacher? Or we might say, How are they going to sow seeds without a sower? A preacher proclaims the gospel. So we could say from that perspective, every believer is a preacher. Not every believer will get behind a pulpit with a microphone and and scream and yell and, and preach until their face turns fire engine red and veins bulge in their forehead. But every one of us, when we share the gospel, we are preaching the word of God to other people. Another translation reads, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Whether you call yourself a preacher or not, doesn't matter. We are all commissioned to share the gospel, to sow the seed. So that brings us to our first question. How many different ways can we share the gospel with others? And that question is so good. We're going to make it the question of the week. Go to our Facebook page. You'll see the link in the show notes, and you can find the question of the week. I'd like to hear from you. How many different ways, and what are they, can we share the gospel with people? Now, the farmer went out and sowed the seed. Unfortunately, it was not all good ground. But the farmer knew whenever he would sow the seed and perhaps it would fall on ground, wayside ground that had just been stomped on and traveled over and trodden down, and then a bird would come and take the seed away. He never stopped sowing seed, doesn't give up just because he knows that some of the seed will not be productive. We've got to be generous. We've got to proclaim the word of God. We've got to share the word of God. And even when others reject it, We cannot be discouraged. We are called to faithfully sow day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, because we have confidence in this principle. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. In fact, there's an even further principle. If we sow sparingly, just a little bit at a time, we will reap sparingly, just a little bit at a time. But if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. We cannot afford to give up. When the farmer begins, he gathers the seed he has saved from that prior crop or maybe seed he purchased from a neighboring farmer to plant. And the sowers, we know the word of God is good seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The word of God is right, is wholesome, it's pure, 
It's perfect. So if we're faithful to preach the word of God, it will always be good seed. We don't just preach our theories or our thoughts or ideas, our opinions. We preach the word of God. And the word of God is always good seed. If the seed doesn't flourish, there's nothing wrong with the word. It could be the condition of the hearer's heart. We plant good seed. And we pray the hearts of those who receive it and hear it will be soft and fertile ground, which is a perfect condition for seed to grow. That's the variable in this parable. The growth of the seed depends on the soil upon which it falls. The farmer sows seed, broadcasts seed far and wide. And seed that failed to land on good ground were some of these seeds called wayside ground. That's where the birds came and just gobbled it up and took it back to their nest. Some of the seed fell on stony ground, and that's where the ground of the soil was shallow and right underneath the soil. You couldn't really see it beneath the surface, but there were stones, rocks, things that would not allow the seed to really get into the ground and grow. And some fell on thorny ground, where weeds and thorns and plants grew around it and choked out the good seed so it could not grow any further. But thank God, some of it fell on good ground which is why the sower has to be generous with the seed. We do not know what ground the seed will fall on. Will it be wayside? Will it be stony? Will it be thorny? Will it be good? Will it be all of them? One of my favorite lessons I heard at at Gateway was by Brother Robin Johnston, who happens to be my boss now. And I love him, and I loved him at Gateway. I love him now. He taught us that many times our heart is more like a farm than a field. It's not just good ground or wayside or thorny or stony. Sometimes there's a little bit of wayside, a little bit of good, a little bit of thorny, a little bit of stony in our heart at the same time. So we have to be asking God all the time, God, if there's anything in my life that would choke out the word of God, if there's anything beneath the surface that would keep the word of God from growing, or if my life is so shallow that there's really no depth at all and the enemy can come and steal away the seed of the word of God out of my heart before it even takes root, God, please forgive me. I want my heart to be good ground. I want my heart and the hearts who hear the word of God to be ground on which the the word of God can fall and into which the word of God can grow. Rich, soft, moist, soil ready for the word of God. Those are the hungry souls. That's when our heart is hungry to hear the wonderful truth of the gospel. We need to ask God to help us to have good ground, that our heart would always and only be good ground. We are responsible for the condition of our hearts. We're responsible to weed out any malice or hypocrisy or envy or evil intent. We're, we're called to get rid of it all. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1-2. through two. We're called to get rid of unforgiveness and bitterness that would keep the seed or the word of God from growing in our heart. We must have a forgiving heart. So here's the next question. What are some ways we can condition our hearts to receive the word of God? There are different types of soil, different types of conditions of the heart. Unfortunately, there is wayside, stony, and thorny ground, and the seed can't grow there. Every person who has the opportunity to hear the Word of God has a choice of how to receive it. The response is in direct relation to the condition of our heart. Then Jesus closed this lesson with a plea to hear what he was saying. It was more than letting the sound waves enter the physical ear. This is deeper than just, I heard what he said. It is possible to hear the word of God and yet close our mind. It's like hard soil that's been packed down so the seed cannot penetrate into that hardened earth. A closed mind 
is the result of a hardened heart. People hear the word of God, but it falls in a closed mind, doesn't have any time to penetrate before the enemy swoops in like a bird and plucks it from their heart. The stony ground received the seed and it sprouted fast, but because the earth was shallow and there were stones beneath the surface, that seed only lasted a very short time. We are sometimes the people who heard the word of God and joyfully heard it, but did not give it time to develop deep roots. On the surface, it looks like, man, they bought into this, but as time goes on, it reveals the roots were not deep enough to produce a healthy plant. We might see people come to church time and again, and they fall on their knees, and they repent, and God forgives them, and everything seems right with the world, but they get out into the world, and they hang out with friends who used to draw them away from God and who still draw them away from God, and they have influences in their life who draw them away from God, and they they go right back to their old life. Nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing wrong with the Holy Ghost. Nothing wrong with the Word of God. Nothing wrong with what God is doing. It could well be that there are stones beneath the surface that we need to root out. There could be relationships in our lives that we need to cut off if those relationships are drawing us away from our walk with God. All of us need to look beneath the surface and ask God to look beneath the surface and let us know if there are stones, if there's anything beneath the surface that would keep the Word of God from growing and ask Him to help us. Then that thorny ground is a heart that allows the cares of the world to choke out the Word. Unhealthy habits, addictions, toxic relationships that trap us, choke out the life of us and our spiritual life. And sometimes... It doesn't even have to be sin. Hebrews talks about sin and weight. It may not be sin, but it may not be healthy. In fact, I would suggest that most of us will battle more with being busy than we will with being bad. We see evil, we see sin pretty readily, but we don't see busy quite as much. It could be a pursuit of wealth. We want to get wealthy. We want to get well-known. We want to be famous. We want to be powerful. We want to be popular. And so the cares of this life, those pursuits choke out the Word of God. It's that uncontrolled addiction of wanting more and more and more and that traps us. We might find ourselves thinking more about material things and those things are going to vanish one day. In fact, one of these days, all of us, if, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, all of us will be gone. And everything we lived so long for and everything we work so hard for will be gone or it will be somebody else's. Which is why in Jesus' legendary Sermon on the Mount, he preached, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where no moth, no rust can corrupt it. No thief will ever break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. You might have heard the saying, too much of a good thing. That means the quality of something is relative to its quantity. We can fill our lives with too much stuff and find out we don't have any time for God. Let's look at our activities, our plans, our relationships. Let's look at what we pursue, what we treasure, what we chase after. And if it's not God, if it's not His Word, if it's not a relationship with God, let's pray for God to forgive us and make sure that nothing and no one chokes out our spiritual life. Next question. What are some things that may not be wrong necessarily, but in excess could hinder our walk with God and the growth of the Word of God in our hearts? And then here's the good part. 
there is good ground. Thank God there's good ground. We prepare our hearts to hear the word of God. We soften our hearts through repentance. We're ready for the word of God to be planted and bear fruit in our lives. We don't just listen to the word. We apply it to our lives. We're not just a hearer. We're a doer. We don't just hear what Jesus said. We do what he said. So how do we prepare our hearts to become hearers and doers of the word? Well, we have a personal commitment to respond to the word of God with a healthy and faithful heart. As his word penetrates our minds, we purpose, I'm going to obey God. Whatever he says to me to do, I will do it. There's a fantastic quote that says, you can say no and you can say Lord, but you cannot say no, Lord. Because if you say no to what he says to do, he is not Lord. We must have this commitment. Whatever you tell me to do, Jesus, I will do it. We hear the word of God. We embrace it. And we can't help but share it with others. We can't help bear fruit because the word of God is growing. And it's growing in good ground. And there's beauty in this good ground. It brings forth fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. That's a lot. You put one seed in the ground and it gives you 30 Give one seed in the ground, it gives you 60. One seed in the ground gives you 100. One seed, 100 apples, that's pretty good ratio. Let me just say this. Don't be jealous of somebody whose life appears to bear more fruit. Jesus certainly dealt with this in a different parable, the parable of the talents, but we must be careful not to look at somebody whose life is bearing 60-fold or 30 or 100-fold and we're only bearing 30-fold or 3-fold. We should be thankful for what God is allowing us to live and bear and not be jealous of others who might be bearing more or feel we're better than others who are bearing less. God has not called us to compare ourselves among ourselves. He simply called us to bear fruit. And let's do that. Last question. What are some questions to ask ourselves when evaluating the condition of our hearts? And we need to do that. At the close of this parable Jesus taught, Jesus made a statement that seems to be a prophetic word for those who heard it and those who would read it later. He knew some of the hearers would not be doers. He knew they would not apply what they had heard, which is why he said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 4, verse 9. It was like Jesus was pleading with them to do more than just listen, but perceive, understand, apply, live, obey. The destiny of the seed is bearing fruit for other people to see and be blessed by it. Let's make it our mission that today I will hear and faithfully obey the word of God so his word can bear fruit in my life. And with that, we wrap this up. It was Patrick's first time to visit church. His mind was racing. When the preacher finished the message, he looked down at the tattoo on his arm and he thought, I, I can't give up everything. I can't live this perfect bleached life. He rushed out the door. He's not ready to strap down his life with all this Bible stuff. But Jaden had noticed Patrick sitting on the back row. He was there after weeks of Bible study. And after the sermon that Sunday morning, Jaden headed back to Patrick's area to greet him. But when she got there, Patrick was gone. She rushed out to the lobby to see if she could catch him on his way out, but he was already gone. She reached the front door just in time to see him zooming away on his motorcycle. Patrick had heard the word time and time again, but he did not open up his heart to the truth of the Word of God. It wasn't an old, ancient religion. It was a chance at a new life in Jesus Christ, but Patrick heard the Word, but he hardened his heart. He would not allow that Word of God to be planted 
in his life. He, he wanted to have the time of his life, partying, drinking, religion. That's eh, not for him. That's for the Jesus folks. He's not one of them. But Jaden, she was not so easily discouraged. She purposed in her heart, I'm going to keep connected to him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to believe in time he will open his heart to a better life in Jesus Christ. Andrew left the service with so many things on his mind he could hardly focus. He drove home with his family, unaware of the rowdy kids in the back seat or his wife chattering about the service and what she had heard. His thoughts were a million miles away. He had a lot of questions. He needed to find a place to get alone with God and really process the words he had just heard from the Word of God. Andrew's wife stopped talking as she looked over at her husband and noticed tears running down his face. And she asked him, what's wrong? And of course, as most men do, he said, nothing, nothing, everything's fine. Everything's, everything's all right. But she knew it wasn't, and he knew it wasn't. He knew God was talking to him, and he just needed some time to really process that message. Caroline was moved by that message. She was processing it differently than her husband, Andrew, but the impact was just as intense for her as it was for her husband. And when he told her that nothing was wrong as the tears continued to stream, she knew God was working on him, and she knew it would just be a matter of time before he responded to God. Think about each of those scenarios and how they illustrate the condition of our hearts. Same preacher, same church, same Sunday, same service, different result. Because the heart was in a different condition. When we hear the word of God and it penetrates our hearts, we are called to act. When God spoke to Noah, he rose up and built an ark. In the same way, that same urgency We need to respond to the Word of God and obey what God is calling us to do. We discover the amazing joy of walking in that fellowship with God as God's Word sinks deeply into our heart and bears fruit for us and for others. And here's our last question. Sorry, I told you the last question was the last question, but it's not. It was the second to last. Here's the last. What is the condition of your heart and what could you do to make it more receptive to God's Word? And while you're thinking about that, let's pray for God to help us listen to his word and open our hearts so the good seed will grow and for God to give us a deep desire to sow his good seed into somebody else we come into contact this week. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this parable. Thank you for what you taught. Thank you for teaching it in a way we would understand it. Help us today, Jesus. I want my heart to be good ground. I don't want anything beneath the surface or anything to choke out the Word of God. I certainly don't want a wayside ground where it can't even penetrate the soil. I pray, Lord, help my heart and the hearts of all those listening to this episode to be good ground. I also pray, help us to sow seed into somebody else's heart this week, to sow the Word of God through teaching, preaching, a Bible study, sharing our story, our testimony, any way we can to share the good Word of God with others and let it fall on good ground so it can bear fruit as well. I pray this and I thank you for it in the lovely, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, God's Word for Life listeners. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, and click the notify button so you'll never miss any episode of this God's Word for Life podcast and head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Pick up some of those great resources that are companion to this podcast, the God's Word for Life adult, youth, children. We have everything from Sunday school to small groups to children's church. It's all at PentecostalPublishing.com, and if you use promo code GWFL10, GWFL10, 
you can save 10% off your entire order. It is a one-time use promo code. So if you've used it before, thank you, but you can't use it again. Just a couple weeks ago, wrapped up our general conference in Indianapolis, Indiana, had some amazing moves of God and services, heard some powerful preaching, of course, wonderful worship. It was a fantastic general conference, and several of you came up to me at that conference and told me you listened to the God's Word for Life Companion podcast, and I thank you for making it part of your walk with God. Over the last 30 days, we have seen over 8,800 downloads on this podcast. Thank you so much. You are growing the God's Word for Life family, and the God's Word for Life podcast. So keep on listening. We're going to keep on growing and walking closer with Jesus. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing through God's Word for Life. Next week, we continue this wonderful series on the parables, and our next episode is called The Parable of the Lost Sheep. We go from Mark 4 to Luke 15, quite a jump, and we're going to make that jump together. Next week, I look forward to sharing that with you, and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.